In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 306. That's right. This is our first episode of 2018, and since it's uh, beginning of the year episode, you know that means very likely, well, hell, we told you last time, we are doing our <laughs> top five alert. movies. Yeah, top five movies we're looking forward to in 2018. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about them. Uh, I've got a list of my five. Mark's got his five. I've got a few alternates. I got a couple of other things. I got my three pounds of monkey crap list, which has three movies listed on it. So I have we'll get a little bit of mileage out of this, but uh, that's about it. So who wants to go first? You can go first. All right. So my number five is Mary Poppins Returns. Starring Yandu. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your number five? I put Annihilation. Which one is that one? That's the Natalie Portman one. Uh, with all these strange creatures, this thing, that's, this area uh, that's growing. It's from the. It's from Alex Garland, the one who did uh, Ex Machina, and uh, what's his face is in it. Uh, Oscar Isaac's is in that one too. Um, so I actually I had not seen the trailer in the movie theater before, but when I went to go see Last Jedi again uh, last Thursday, there was a completely different trailer package than the one I saw on opening day, so that made me want to that made me want to kind of see that one a little bit more. I had kind of wanted to see it before. I know it's based in a book, not that I've read it, but it, it kind of looks in it looks intriguing. Uh, Tessa Thompson is in that too, and I'm trying to think who who else somebody who else is in it, but it just looks kind of weird. So, in a sci-fi kind of way, so that's why that intrigues me a little. Gotcha. Well, uh, my number five is Mary Poppins Returns, as I said. Um, it's – I'm not even 100% certain why I ended up putting it on my top five list. Um, you know, I, I said uh, last episode, but I'll say it here in case anybody didn't listen uh, to that yet. I went ahead and removed most all of the like major comic book movies for 2018 off. Otherwise, it would essentially clutter up my list. And I wanted to get an idea of what other things I was looking forward to. Uh, that's how kind of Mary Poppins Returns snuck onto the list. is because I'm looking forward to it. I enjoyed the original Mary Poppins movie. I have good memories of my sister and I watching it together as kids. Uh, I, I still remember a lot of the songs. You know... It's, it's one of those movies kind of like Wizard of Oz. Uh, you know, Wizard of Oz, I've seen a bunch of times throughout my life. The last time I remember actually watching Mary Poppins, I was still a kid. I don't think I've seen Mary Poppins since I was a child. And yet I couldn't remember every scene. 
So, you know, it, it just made that much of an imprint on me. I thought it'd be cool um, to, to come back to that, you know, kind of, I guess, universe. Um, Emily Blunt's going to be in it. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's going to be in it. But you also have, like, Meryl Streep and Colin Firth. Um, but one of my favorites that's going to be in it, and I'm not sure uh, specifically of how it's going to be or the role or whatever that she'll play, but uh, Emily Mortimer is going to be in it. Uh, and I'm a big fan of hers because I was a big fan of the HBO show The Newsroom, um, and she was uh, and she was in that. So I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, to to my knowledge, there's you know there's the the one trailer, uh, kind of it's you know 33 seconds uh, that came out in July, but. Um, more of a teaser trailer, but uh, you know, I'm just really excited to, uh, to kind of see that come out. And the release date for that is December. Uh, I know it's in December. Yeah. It's uh, December of 2018 here. I'm trying to pull it. I, I had it written down earlier on a different piece of paper, uh, but December 25th of 2018. So oh, Christmas day. Christmas day. Yeah, that's right. Sneaky people. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, there's not. I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, it again, but that's just because there's not a whole, you know, a ton of content out for it right now. Uh, all you have is casting announcements, and and, and that's kind of what you're going with. And I mean, and it's Mary Poppins returns, so you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, I don't know exactly what the hundred percent of the plot's going to be like, but that's kind of part of the fun for me. Is I feel like it's it's going to be. An interesting, uh, an interesting movie. I think it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna, it's it's gonna be a movie that makes a ton of money regardless of what happens. Quite honestly, no matter. I mean, it may flounder if it's a crap movie. It may, you know, it may flounder um, or whatever. But it, it says, it says the film is set in the 1300s Depression era London. Uh, the time period of the original novels, and is drawn from the wealth of material in P.L. Travers' additional seven books. In the story, Michael and Jane are now grown up, with Michael, his three children, and their housekeeper, Ellen, living on Cherry Tree Lane. After Michael suffers a personal loss, the enigmatic nanny and Mary Poppins re-enters the lives of the Banks family, and along with the optimistic street lamplighter Jack, uses her... Uh, unique magical skills to help the family rediscover the joy and wonder missing in their lives. Mary Poppins also introduces the child, the children to a new assortment of colorful and whimsical characters, including her eccentric cousin, Topsy, Meryl Streep. So, it's, it's, I just read a big paragraph, but that still doesn't really tell you a lot about the movie itself. So I, I'm just... I'm anxiously awaiting a, a, a like a full length trailer for this movie to see what it's going to look like visually. See if they go super Disney. See if they try and keep it sort of old school looking, like the original Mary Poppins, and try and keep the visual theme similar. I'd like to see how that goes. Have have that moment where everything slows down, like in Bullet Time, and she pulls the Matrix on people <laughs> 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 with the umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> It's it has a it has a decent actually I think it opens on the twenty sixth. Hmm. Yeah. I, I saw the twenty fifth. Uh, I'm just I'm looking at box office mojo. It looks like the twenty sixth. It opens on a Wednesday. Um, hmm. 
But it, it might open on a Tuesday. It could it maybe. The, but that's I'm just looking at this one. I just happened to notice I've been looking at it like for like five minutes. I just realized it. Uh, either way, it's it's not it's not going to be going again. It's probably not going to be going against or following up huge blockbusters here because you look at what else is in December with. Uh, Aquaman and Bumblebee coming out the week before, so I don't know if either one of those is going to be like <laughs> earth-shatteringly difficult to get, you know, to carve into their audience. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I know uh, Annihilation comes out soon. Annihilation is another one in February. That's two twenty-three, so that's right around the corner. Uh, yeah, it's I I didn't know anything about that about that movie until the, until the I think it might have been before the teaser trailer came out for it and then I I, I kind of briefly looked into what the books I think it's like a, I think it's a trilogy uh, I think the, the books however seem to at least on Amazon if I remember correctly kind of gets a little mixed reviews of the books Annihilation I think getting the better reviews of the three but I like Natalie Portman and I, I did I did like a lot I must say uh Ex Machina. I probably have watched that. That's been another one of my put put on and fall asleep movies like about 55, 55 times on Amazon Prime. Because if you can find something you like that's free on Amazon Prime, that's a rarity to begin with. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's been on and been free. Knock on wood. I haven't checked it in a while, but it's been on and been free for probably like about I don't know, maybe getting close to two years now. So it's uh. So again, I, I unfortunately with Annihilation, I might as well versed in it in other things, but I, it just it just looks like a very, it looks very intriguing and mysterious, and it has a pretty good cast in it, so that so that 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 intrigues me too. And much like I think we'll talk about when we get a lot of other things on this list, there's not a lot that there's not a lot that I'm passionate about this year. There just really isn't. So there, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that is going to be in the in my middle of the road. Could very easily have made its way into the number five spot, and there's some stuff in my middle of the road that really could have made its way into the crap spot, the crap list. So I just, there's just not much. I mean, probably the only one I'm super gung ho for is is number is my number one. Other than that, it's kind of it, this doesn't seem like it's going in. It doesn't seem like there's as many movies as I'm excited for as normally. So maybe there's other factors involved in that, but it just seems like... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode tonight. It might be even shorter than some of our other uh, episodes. My top three are the ones I'm the most excited for. I'll probably have a smattering of things to say about some of my alternates. Definitely some things to say about (laughs) some of the other stuff. Uh, But uh, yeah, only my top three uh, are the the ones I'm more passionate about. Uh, My number five and four are... Kind of like, I'm really curious about it, but you know, uh, and and some of the visuals look good. Like in this, in the Mary Poppins case, obviously there's no visuals out really for the most part to absorb, other than pictures of Emily in in the costume and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I interrupted you. No, you were talking. No, you didn't interrupt. I don't think there was much more. Else. Just the just, <laughs> just the general vibe, I guess. I would. What this episode is going to be, I mean, I just, it, it just, yeah, it, just looking at the release schedule, it just seems, it just does not seem, at least for, for me, it doesn't seem there's that many movies that I'm really, you know, gung ho for. I definitely, there were definitely more movies I was excited for in 2017. I mean, there's no doubt, there's no doubt about that. Uh, so, so yeah. Hmm. Huh. 
Yeah. All right, number fours. Number fours. All right, go. You go ahead. Go first. I have Black Panther number four. I have Ready Player One. So Black Panther, go for it, dude. Black Panther on two sixteen. Uh, so that's another one. Uh, yeah, that's another one that's coming. That's right around the corner. Probably at least yeah, three three of my five come out in the first uh, five five months of the year. I I think Black Panther I'm more intrigued with honestly honestly because I mean I like a lot of the cast obviously they introduced him so well and and even Wakanda and the glimpses we get behind the veil of Wakanda in Civil War that I'm so I'm interested in more in seeing Wakanda fleshed out and I'm and I'm greatly interested to see even though it may not be a big part of that movie how it all ties into uh, setting up for Infinity War since clearly that's the last Marvel movie that comes out before Infinity War. I'm really so that that's what that's what I'm interested in. I I can't again I can't say I'm super, super, super passionate about Black Panther. I definitely was more passionate about Thor, about Ragnarok. And that was so that was I was definitely looking forward to Ragnarok more. I might I might even have been in, more interested in actually Guardians 2. Uh, that's another movie I've watched like 75 times since it was since it's been on Netflix. So I kind of appreciate Guardians 2 a little bit more. I still don't think it would change only slightly where I'd rank it in the entire list of Marvel movies, but the parts I like, I like a lot in that movie. Uh, but I think Guardians 2 because of Kurt Russell, I was probably look I was looking forward to more than than Black Panther, but. It's, it's plus. It's, I'm looking forward to it because it's a different type of Marvel movie, it, not just in setting. And it just gets it's kind of like a different vibe to it, I think. And I'm looking. So I'm, I am looking forward to it. I think for those basic reasons, and obviously the tie, whatever tie-ins we get, whether it's in the movie proper or in the post-credit scenes, mid-credit scenes, to see how they directly tie it into something, you know, either. Infinity War, which you assume, or may, are setting up your a sequel or something else that's going to be picked up down the road. So those are my initial thoughts anyway on Black Panther. Yeah, uh, Black Panther would have been on my list if I kept uh, probably lower on my list, but probably would have been on the list. Um, just because uh, I'm looking, like you said, a lot of the same reasons you said. I'm interested in the visuals. I'm interested in how it ties into Infinity War being the last movie before Infinity War. Um, and you know, you said you don't know uh, a lot about Black Panther. Neither do I, and that's actually a reason I'm interested in it, is because it is a blind spot for me. I don't. This would be one of the few Marvel movies that, going into it, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of my friends who go to these movies with me go because of my knowledge base. Like they want to grill me for questions afterwards or lean over. Very rarely, but sometimes their curiosity gets the best of them. They lean over in the middle of the, the flick and go, what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I tell them. But in, in this case, Black Panther would be a huge blind spot for me. Uh, and I've always heard great things. I've also I, I've especially heard that the Christopher Priest Black Panther series is not just one of the best runs of the character, but one of the best comics Marvel has ever put out. Uh, from various different people, and that I've I've heard that uh, from from those same people that there seems to be a lot of Christopher Priest uh, the stuff from his run visually adapted into this story. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I'm interested 
I'm kind of there's a there's a movie on my alternate list that uh, has me interested in getting the novel before the movie releases, just based on concept. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this is sort of the uh, the opposite for me. I'm going. I'm wanting to go into the movie and come out going, oh shit, I got to read some Black Panther. You know what I mean? Yep, I understand perfectly. Okay, so my uh, my number four is Ready Player One. It's another one I'm not like super stoked about, but seeing the uh, you know I can tell, uh, and it may surprise me. Okay, I, I will fully admit that. I've heard a lot of praise from various people who have read the book already, that it's a good book, so on and so forth. But to me, this movie looks like a good popcorn flick. Looks like a lot of action, but I don't think I'm going to be very wowed by the story. Uh, and speaking of the story, this one comes out uh, March 30th, so earlier this year, early this year. Uh, from film Steven Spielberg comes the science fiction action adventure Ready Player One based on Ernest Cline's bestseller of the same name, which has become a worldwide phenomenon. The film is set in 2045 with the world on the brink of chaos and collapse, but the people have found salvation in the Oasis, an expansive virtual reality universe created by the brilliant and eccentric James Halliday. When Halliday dies, he leaves his immense fortune to the first person to find a digital Easter egg. He is hidden somewhere in the Oasis, sparking a contest that grips the entire world. When an unlikely young hero named Wade Watts un, uh, decides to join the contest, he is hurled into, the break, into a breakneck, reality-bending treasure hunt through a fantastical universe of mystery, discovery, and danger. Um, I don't recognize uh, a lot of the cast. Uh, there are a couple of faces like Simon Pegg and T.J. Miller. Uh, that I do recognize, but most everybody else I do not. Um, quite honestly, a big part of the reason I want to see it, I'll just come out and say it, are the Easter eggs. You see the, Delor the DeLorean time machine in there. Uh, you see the Iron Giant in there. I mean, there's a ton of Spielberg shout-outs uh, in, that, in that flick. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. But just based on the concept, I mean, I've seen the, the trailer a couple of times now. It just seems like this dystopian sort of future where uh, overpopulation has become a thing and everyone's sort of living. <laughs> the ones who are living in poverty, at least, are living in these kind of skyscrapers made of, you know, mobile trailer houses. <laughs> um, so really the only way to escape, you know, this this feeling of being pushed in by the entire world around you and escape the reality of your your day to day life is by going into this oasis. So I don't, you know, I expect the main character to be the one to find the treasure and become rich or whatever, or I just, I, I expect some sort of minimal payoff in that respect. I don't expect to come out of this movie where the world is in a better place. You know, like right. suddenly they, <laughs> all the problems of this world are fixed or whatever. I expect a very superficial, sort of solution, you know, and that's why I call it a popcorn flick is because when, when the story has a superficial resolution to something, you know, the, the one character finds a better life in this dreary future, uh, as opposed to fixing the future for everybody. Um, 
I, I don't really see that as a good plot slash story. I see it as a story piece that enables us to get all the all the shit, <laughs> all the, not all the shit, all the all the cool ass like visual stuff leading up to it, which is why I call it a popcorn flick. I mean, if you think about it, that's 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 what most popcorn flicks are. There's some, eh, <laughs> you know, I guess that's kind of a story uh, <laughs> plots in most of those pop huge popcorn flicks. Um, but all of it's really just a vehicle to get all the various action beats that you do. And I feel like that's what Ready Player One is going to be. Again, this novel has, like, swept the entire world. People love this book. There has to be a reason for it. Uh, and maybe I'll come out the other end of it wanting to read the book. Uh, maybe the plot will surprise me. Maybe it'll be a good adaptation. But just watching the trailer makes it feel like it's it looks more like a your typical popcorn flick. But you never know. So I, I will give it a chance. And like I said, it's in my top five because visually it just looks amazing. And uh you know, who who doesn't like like a a shit ton of nostalgia shout outs <laughs> as you're watching a movie like this, just seeing the DeLorean and seeing the Iron Giant and, and all these various things. So now that made my monkey crap list. No offense, to Chad. <laughs> well, as you can tell, I'm not super attached. No, I know. To it. It's, I, just... I, it's gonna be. It's like this. This is. This is gonna be. This is the mellow sound of the Lantern Cast movie preview episode. Uh, it. To me, the old and I know it's based. I know it's a book. I know it's based on. It has original source material. To me, it just seems it seems very gimmicky as far as why it's how it's trying to appeal to the, to, to an audience that it's it's that let's throw you know give them constant throwbacks. These are just not just to the 80s, but just most but, but very much so very much so to the 80s, just to try to you know pull people in and and I don't know I I've never seen and that means it's a small sample size, but I've seen. I've ne- I certainly have never heard anybody watching this trailer in the in the theater with me when it's either the the first one or the second one. I've never I've never really heard any reaction that indicated people like were really pumped pumped by what they saw on the screen. Uh, I'm also not I'm not sure honestly how what kind what the how should I describe this properly? I'm not sure how how popular this book is as in whether it's more like a cult following book or whether it's like or not, so I don't know if it's a if it's really got mainstream appeal. So just by the name alone, it's going to have a huge percentage of people that are going to want to see it, or if it's going to if it's more of a you know a popular book like with its lowercase p, and then they, and they're try, and they're try, and they're going to really need to pull people in based on the sell the movie as a movie, not not really counting on having a built in you know a built in fan base that'll carry this movie. Uh, the prem. I mean, the premise is there's there's some originality to the premise. The idea of oh, trying to you know finding the finding the gold, you know the golden goose, you know the goose that laid the golden egg that's hidden away here or there. That's the, like the MacGuffin, pretty much. That's that's not particularly original. Um, you know, even virtual even virtual reality as a concept and and people are going into it and what they can do with it. Uh, from a visual perspective in movies and things and just conceptually, I don't think that's as new anymore or as, as 
as captivating as it as it may have been. So uh, I don't know. I don't. That's another one that's coming out soon, right? Isn't that March? March twentieth. Yeah. Uh, so I. Th- that's funny because I have it listed for the thirtieth. I'm pretty sure it's twenty. I'm getting this off of Google. Um, I am uh, essentially googling uh, the uh, the the names, uh, and then underneath it it tells me the twentieth is a Tuesday, so that doesn't that's probably not right. It says, oh, sorry, uh, release date March thirtieth. Okay, yeah. I was I was just remembering it wrong. I did uh, say thirtieth earlier. That uh, yeah, I think. So I'm I'm not sure. I it it could do well. I think again the cast not being particularly <coughs> a big selling point. I don't think mm-hmm. that helps. Um, there's a lot of movies in the first half of this year. Or it's kind of it's that are somewhat interesting, but they it's hard to really know how they're going to do. A lot a lot of the things that I have on my list in the middle of the road list are in April, and or I should say mostly March, but then some into April. So there's so I, that's why it's gonna it's even a hard year to handicap and how things are gonna do because you have to it, you're weighing does the trailer sell it you know what the fan base is going in how aware people are of the project the cast I mean so that's why like we talk about and we'll talk about Wrinkle in Time later on I'm sure that Wrinkle in Time has the benefit of having a much greater much long longer lasting track record of having the source material be known to people not everybody's read it or at least the first book but I remember reading it in school. But uh, but but obviously from a casting perspective that ha- they they went all out with a cast and the, as opposed to now people may not agree with all the choices but at least you know you, 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 there's names you know let's put it that way hmm. so that's certainly a that's certainly a selling point uh, I don't know about you know Ready Player One on that one again and I don't know about the overall interest people will have I think that's a very that's a serious wild card. Um, there's a there's a there's in in my alternate list there is a a, a, a a popular novel that's being adapted into a movie um, that we'll talk about. Um, maybe this one has a bigger following. I don't know. I don't follow a lot of modern popular novels. I'm not the kind of person who's like when it comes to books. I'm very snobby. I'll, I'll just admit it. If everybody in the world is reading this one book, I refuse to read it. Because I'm not the kind of person who's like, I, I don't like the idea of reading as a fad. I think reading should just be something you do, you know, like it should be. A, that's how that's how I was taught. You know, you should always have a healthy interest in a book or a novel or you have a favorite author and you follow them and their new book just came out or whatever. But you shouldn't go, oh, everybody else is reading this. I'm going to read it, too. It's not the same as a TV show or a movie. That's that's not what books are. Uh, at least to me. So I'm sort of, I, I've sort of put my nose up in the air about those sort of things. So that's why I haven't usually read the source material for a lot of these blockbuster movies that come out. But in this case, this this one we'll talk about later on. Just the plot of the movie makes me interested in in in, in reading the source material, um, and that is extremely rare for me because I am very, very, very much the person who will find whatever excuse I can to say, uh-uh, just because everybody else in the world is reading it doesn't mean I'm going to. I'm going to read this that I found at Half Price Books the other day that I read the back jacket of and it sounded interesting because I like to read. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I don't just want to keep up with what everybody else is talking about. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's not me. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like like for instance, Ready Player One. I just new concepts to me that are just coming out in, in the theaters because of the popularity of the book. So it does have a lot of reviews, though. For, it mean, does. Yeah, it, it, on Amazon, it has a lot of reviews. So that's. So that certainly would indicate, unless you again going back to our conspiracy theories, it certainly would indicate that a decent amount of people actually have read the book, considering the, what the rating of the book is. The, clearly, the majority, the overwhelming majority, really like it. So that's that's a plus. So it's so it's very pop. So there could there certainly seems to be a fan base for it. Again, I just don't know how how widespread that really is, and how well you know whether the the uninitiated how that's going to play, which is always the Kind of like the undecided voter, the uninitiated who have no idea what this have to have to be sold exclusively on a movie by its by the trailers. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, so that's. I mean, I guess it's because I guess it tries to appeal to an, a somewhat older audience because of all the '80s stuff in it. You know, I know so that that aspect of it, even though the, even though the concept is kind of much more of a newer, younger concept with the virtual reality, plus it's set in the future. You're still trying to appeal. There is a natural. Potentially, there's a natural audience for it since a lot of the things you see, you know, in the Oasis clearly are old stuff that you know we, you know, we and people younger, you can be even younger, but would actually would recognize automatically. But yeah. All right, number threes. Number threes. My number three is a wrinkle in time. Three nine, three nine seventeen. That's well, twenty eighteen. Yeah, you're right. Eighteen. For whatever reason, I just realized every single every single one of these suckers that I actually wrote a year on, I wrote seventeen. <laughs> well, I was I was still doing it in seventeen, but yeah, eighteen. You are correct. Three nine eighteen. That's right. What's your number three? Uh, Halloween. Okay. All right. So, a wrinkle in time. You can hear me put down my paper because <laughs> these top three, I don't need a piece of paper to go off of. Uh, a Wrinkle in Time. Uh, I love the Madeline L'Engle books. As a matter of fact, I had A Wrinkle in Time and I had another one which was called Many Waters, which is set in the same universe with some of the same characters um, as a kid. And I really enjoyed those books. But because it were they were books I read and read and read and read and read, they fell apart. So it was only... I want to say when I heard that the Wrinkle in Time movie was announced... That I actually, this, that slap you heard was me holding my box set. I went on Amazon and just said, screw it, I need new copies. I haven't read these books in a long time. You know, I still remember them all by heart. <clears throat> but Madeline LaEngel wrote a quintet of books. The first one was A Wrinkle in Time. Then he had A Wind in the Door, A Swiftly Tilting Planet, Many Waters, and then finally uh, An Acceptable Time. Um, Those and are, is your box set trade paperbacks, or they, or are they normal paperback size? They're trade paperbacks. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm not sure if we have the same set, but probably like, probably like within the last five years, <laughs> I bought the, uh, I, I bought the whole the box set too. Um, and they are it trade, says, trades. Yeah. It says it was a dark and stormy night on one side or on both sides. Uh, let me see if I can see which one I have. I mean, it's not going to interrupt you talking because my sets, no. my sets, my sets down. Is downstairs, so I can't. I oh. won't be able to tell. Oh uh, no! Unless, I'm, unless uh, I visually see it, they go, "Oh yeah, that's the same one." I can take a picture of it while we're talking. But anyways, um, so yeah, uh, a wrinkle of time was the first one, and of course, like I said, I, I read the crap out of 
many waters as well. But A Wrinkle in Time was the first one. And A Wrinkle in Time had uh, Meg Murray uh, and her little genius brother, Charles Wallace, and a friend that they had just made named Calvin. Uh, and what happened uh, was uh, Meg, Meg Murray and Charles Wallace's father, um, he, uh, Mr. Murray, he was a scientist. And what had happened was he invented a method of, of travel. And he had gone missing. So one night on a stormy night, uh, these three old bag ladies kind of come in, uh, and they're Miss Who, Miss What's It, and Miss Which. Uh, and they say to Meg and Charles Wallace and, and Calvin, let's go find Mr. Murray. Uh, and they do so by the act of tessering. And the way I think it was Miss Witch explains it, she grabs the folds of her skirt or whatever, and she holds one end in one pinched finger and another and another pinched finger and says, hey, you know, imagine an ant crawling from my left hand to my right hand. Uh, that is your standard method of travel. What tessering is, you know, that, that, that ant has a long way to travel. If this is one side, of, if my fingers are one side of space and my other fingers are the other. But what happens, and then she brings her fingers closer together and to, to her fingers are touching you fold space and time, and the ant only has to travel the very short distance. That is what tessering is. So Meg's father and Megan Charles Wallace's father, Mr. Murray, figured out how to do this, but because it's his, because it like he didn't perfect it, he sort of catapulted himself across space into this uh, blackness. There's a it, it's. Would would you say it has almost religious overtones? I mean, not not like super heavy, th- but they are there. Think so, from what I remember. Like it's, it's been a while since I even reread it as an adult, but uh, I, yeah, so, I think so. It's not so. It's not. It's not as heavy as heavy handed or as you know straightforward. Let's say as C.S. Lewis or anything, but right. Um, so he catted himself, catapulted himself across time and space to behind this black veil in the universe. And this blackness is essentially this cloud of evil that's going across the universe. Uh, and once you're behind there, you know, you, you, it's very hard to maintain your identity. You become part of this system where everything is ruled by, you know, A, B, C, D. It's very, you know, uh, straightforward. Everybody does the same thing at the same time every day, all the time. There's a very strict way of living and doing things. <clears throat> and it's ruled by the it, uh, and the it can make its way into your mind and control you to do things. It's the, you'll, you, if you watch the the trailer, there there's a very particular scene that you'll remember for, if you've ever read the books is where these once Megan Charles Wallace and, and Calvin end up on the planet where um, Mr. Murray is being held. One of the first things they see is they come across this town where you know little boxes on the hillside. You know they. All the houses look exactly the same. All the driveways and the yards look exactly the same. The doors open at the exact same time all down the street. The kids all come out of the houses. They stand in the driveway and they have a red ball and they're all bouncing it. And they're all bouncing. I mean, the entire, like, I'm actually standing in my bathroom right now. It's really funny because I have mirrors on both sides of me. You know the mirror effect 
when you have mirrors on both sides of you and you do something and you can see yourself for miles, <laughs> your reflection all doing the exact same thing. Think of that. As these, ki- these kids are all bouncing the same red ball in unison. And then one kid screws up and his ball bounces out in the street and everybody's like, oh shit. And everybody goes back into the house except for this one kid and he comes and gets collected and like it's a whole thing. Um, so it's, it's very cool. Mrs. What's it, which, and, um, uh, Mrs. Miss, Miss Who, Miss Who, Miss What's it, which, which, God dang it, I forgot. Anyways, um, they're essentially angelic sort of beings and they themselves cannot go behind the darkness. So that's why they send Megan Charles Wallace. Uh, but it's a really great story. It sets up this really cool universe. There's a really, it's a really trippy story. It was made into a movie back in the early 90s, but like a really low-budget sort of film. Um, but I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. I enjoyed the books quite a bit um, when I was growing up, like I said. Um, but yeah, I really I, re- I really like it. Um, the actors, uh, Mark mentioned earlier, the, um, the cast. Uh, and let's see here. Oprah's in it. Reese Witherspoon's in it. Um, <coughs> excuse me, good grief. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. Um, uh, Mindy Kaling. Uh, is that her name, Mindy Kaling? Yeah. Yes. Mindy Kaling is in it, uh, and that's Miss What's It, Miss Who, and Miss Witch. Chris Pine is playing Mr. Murray. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is playing the happy medium, which I won't go into now, but if you are familiar with the, the books, you know who the happy medium is. Um, um, Meg is being played by a, an actor named Storm Reed. Uh, Calvin is being played by Levi Miller. Charles Wallace is Derek McCabe. Um, and Michael Pena is red. Uh, but there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of faces and names that you'll recognize. I'm really interested. I don't think I've ever seen any of these kid actors in anything. I'd be really interested to see, um, see how they do, see what it's like. It does look trippy. I am sort of eh, about the idea of Oprah being in it. I don't. I'm not one who's seen her in a lot of things, but I can't imagine her acting chops being that strong. But we'll see. Maybe maybe it's just the nature of the characters. Miss Who, Miss What's It, Miss Which. Um, they will be in the movie a lot, but maybe they'll only be in it just enough, uh, and their characters will be written as sort of zany slash endearing as they were in the original books that it's enough to sort of offset the acting ability quote unquote of oprah winfrey so well oprah oprah has ability that's that's i mean that was it was kind of her acting that kind of like put her on the put her on the map and then she got a and then the talk show i think i think what works against oprah is the fact that she is so almost universally known as talk show Oprah Winfrey for like the last yeah. 30, 30 plus years or give or take I even when you were going through the cast and I, when I watched I, and this this was another trailer that was on Last Jedi last week uh, and I had and it was not on I hadn't seen it in the theater before uh, even when you're going through the cast I felt bad because because you did not that not that you would be familiar with her either but 
when I was watching the trailer in the theater and they're going through everybody who's in the cast, and and they leave out uh, uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw, who's playing the, the the mother, Chris Pine's wife, and I was like, because I love her. <laughs> I've seen her. she's been a, she's been, she hasn't been in too many big things, but she's but she's really good. Uh, so I kind of felt bad that they're mentioning all these people, and of course she doesn't. She doesn't get like an and. I mean, I'm sure in the actual, maybe in the actual credits, clearly. But I mean, it's like it's just a name. You know, it's like friggin'. Well, she's not. She's not in the book that much. I mean, it's no, I it's know. essentially I'm... she's she's there at the beginning during the stormy night, uh, and then Charles Wallace and and Calvin and and Meg are all whisked off into the universe with Miss Who, Miss Watch It, Miss Witch, and then you don't see the mom again until the end of the book. And that's, I mean, that's, shoot, I don't even know if she says anything, but, you know, where have you been or something like that? No, I know. It's just, I just feel, I just feel, I just feel bad because, like, there's this big movie and she's in it, and yet she's, it's almost like she's not in it. <laughs> yeah. But there's always sequels. Yeah, for sure. And, and like I said, Madeline Langle has a, has a quintet, you know, Wind in the Door and a Swiftly Tilting Planet. Are probably the more well-known sequels. I was, yeah, I was going to say most people have probably read the trilogy, if you will, because then the then the the other two books are kind of they they have, a, they have a different focus, right? The characters are. are different. Uh, yeah, many 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 waters was, which is my other favorite, is focused on the twins, uh, Denny's and Sandy, uh, and that one is super religious because Denny and Sandy uh, get blown back in time to the time of Noah, right before he builds the ark. That one is super religious, um, because obviously Noah <laughs> uh, and the story of the ark. Uh, but that one's interesting, too, because it's taking place and not only at that time frame, but also there are seraphim and Nephilim involved. So angels and demons essentially on earth uh, before the flood, you know, and and what their involvement is, what they know, what they can say, what they don't. So it's not just like these two kids from quote unquote the future are blown back in time to the time of Noah, and nobody knows how to get them home. It's just like <clears throat> these angels, these seraphim, know the time frame that they're from, but don't know like is this God's plan? What are we supposed to do? Are we you know, how do we treat these beings? You know, this is very odd. Is this the will of, of God or, or whatever? So the, it, was a, it was just a very interesting concept, which is why I really enjoyed it. But yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, the original, tr- the, the trilogy is the most popular one. But I, for some reason, the fourth book, which is Many Waters, so I, I really enjoyed myself. So I actually know Many Waters better than I do Wind in the Door, Swiftly Tilting Planet. I remember them more because, I mean, there's a bunch... I mean, it's it's not uniformed who reads what. I mean, even now, I mean nowadays it's probably more up in up in the air since there's, people have their own agendas and that there's I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe there is more maybe it is there's more uniformity. But even back when I was in school, not just in elementary, but looking at high school, there's a lot of stuff that and along the way there's a lot of stuff that some people read that. I didn't read, and like a lot of people read The Hobbit in school. I never read The Hobbit. We, I never had to. Uh, and I do remember, I definitely remember uh, the Madeline Angle books. I think we read all of them. Like I Am the Cheese, I remember. I don't know if people read that anymore. I remember reading that in school. And I'm trying to think, oh, the, I'm trying to think something else that, oh, like Animal Farm. Like we never, ha- I never had to read Animal Farm. 
That was never that was never in any of my in any of my English classes. I never had to read Animal Farm. I did, uh, but I, of all those like main assignments that I would, the, the books you had to read, the only ones I ever really enjoyed were uh, Outsiders and uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, Outsiders we never I never read either. To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah, definitely. Um, but it just <clears throat> but that. But again, with the source material, that's the reason why it's not it's not a pure tangent, people. Uh, it's just it just makes you makes you think of, of again. Some people have you know the background with this with these books, and some and some don't. And again, I'm I'm, I'm not sure. And again, obviously, I I haven't been in school in a long time, so I'm not sure if they still teach if these books are still somewhat popular or or anywhere is part of the regular you know curriculum. Of reading, like when when I was in school, of, of I know for sure they weren't part of my curriculum. Uh, they they were books I just found on my own. I don't yeah. know, maybe my mom or somebody handed it to me, but it definitely wasn't a part of school for me. I sent you a picture of the box set. What do yeah. you think? Uh, I think that's the one. I think that's the one I have. The, I I'm pretty sure by looking at the pictures, it's what my, my the actual uh, trade paperbacks look like. I just can't 100 percent commit that that's what the box the physical box set looks like uh but i think so i i to be honest i doubt i doubt they've changed it that much especially because um they i mean we know they ch- i mean if they were going to change it they change it now because of, of the fact that uh it's about to come out as a movie so that's always an ex- that's always an excuse to make new covers and make new box sets so it's funny that's the actually the first um book box set i've ever purchased I don't. I in terms of like having a case that it's supposed to go in and stuff. I've I've purchased like hmm. books that were bound together. Like you know when you like go into a Borders and there's like the fancy bindings of several books into one volume. Yeah, almost like like, I, like the leather bound ones, but not necessarily yeah. leather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those those I bought. Like I have you know the first three um, uh, uh, Anne Rice novels are uh, in in a in a bound volume like that, which was. Uh, Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and Queen of the Damned, all in one big, pretty volume. Uh, I have a lot of, I have all of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous stuff in a volume like that, and so on and so forth. But uh, this is the first time I've ever actually purchased a box set of books, and that uh, it's got to be wrinkling time for me. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I th- actually, the, I just realized the one. The one box set that pops into my head that I know that I bought myself, and again, ironically, the trade paperbacks, and it's, it's ironic more because I have every book in the series, and they're like all over the map, which I, it's really not my thing in different formats. I think the first three, the first three books in the Dark Tower series, I bought as a box set, and so I they're in trade paperback form. And then I think I have book four, which I think is Dragons and Glass or whatever. It's the flashback one, which actually is one of the better books. That's a regular – I have that in a regular paperback because I couldn't – because they didn't have it available as a trade or else I would have bought it. And then I and then I think I have uh, five, six, and seven. I think I have it hardcover. So that kind of throws it all off. So I have that, and I also know that I have uh, – I, as a, not me buying, but I know I got I, – as a gift, I've, I've gotten the uh, – the Lord of the Rings as a box set, and, and I have a few other box sets too. But I, but as far as when, when I'm, th- I was thinking about it when you talk, I don't think there's that many 
true 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 box sets that I that I've ever bought. Is certainly not as an adult, I, and I do think so. It is kind of interesting that for both of us, that's uh, that's one of the ones we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Your number four, you said, or for three was Halloween. Yeah, I is this put, a remake of that that yes, movie? It's not. See, it's not supposed to be a remake. Hmm. Uh, it's it's from what see there's some a little bit conflicting information but that now that they well seemingly they clarified it and it makes a little more sense or else because if not this would essentially be a remake of H2O if they did, if they didn't change their the approach it's, but it's still like an alternate timeline if you will but it, again Jamie Lee Curtis is is going to be in this one so that automatically makes it in and, and it it raises the ante no matter what because and Essentially, this is based on everything I read. This is supposed to be a sequel to Halloween, but that's the only movie it's supposed to be a sequel to. So it doesn't even cons- it doesn't even work under the premise of Halloween Two being canon. This is like so basically Halloween happened, and no other Halloween movie happened. So it's kind of like an alternate timeline. <clears throat> alternate. I'm not sure how they're going to pull it off and give us an explanation for. Uh, I, I think you can come up with an explanation for maybe why Michael Myers disappeared. Because at that point, if you if you're kicking away, if you're erasing Halloween too, then technically speaking, there is no there's it's not necessarily true that they are going to be brother brother and sister again, <laughs> because of the fact that that hasn't been established yet, or because neither one because Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't know that. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, uh, but like I said, if they had made it, a lot of people thought that they were making it a sequel to Halloween one and two, but that essentially would have been they were just remaking H2O because when they did H2O, those were the only two movies that they acknowledged, you know, hap- happening. Even though there wasn't – theoretically, you could – there wasn't anything 100% that exclusively said some of these other events couldn't have happened. But I'm, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with it. I think considering how, how abysmal certainly the set – I mean some people like the first Rob Zombie remake. I don't, but I understood it more as in – when you watch the director's commentary on on his on his remake, at least you understand why he did it. Since basically the studio was going to do it anyway, and he figured since he loved the first one, he might as well be the one doing it. And then if you're going to remake it, what's the point in doing it exactly the same since you're not going to do it better? I still disagree with some of his choices, going to the whole white trash, typical serial killer background of torturing animals and all that crap. Just making taking away the mystique of Michael Myers and making him more or less human and oh we understand why that that really that that really kills that kills that character that's what made michael myers work is that even before you realized you couldn't kill him just the idea that he was a normal kid and for no reason he just he just snapped that night when he killed his sister and then he and then so when you when you try to explain too much as we know it just it sometimes it really just waters down everything but i yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what how what their what their approach is going to be. I I also read which was kind of cool if it's if it's true that Nick Castle, who was who was probably the primary when you think of uh, the the guy, the original Halloween, the guy playing the shape pre- predominantly, it was Nick Castle who had that who had the walk and the movements and everything. So if he's actually going to be Michael Myers again in this movie, that would be pretty cool because one of the biggest shortcomings I think in most of the Halloween sequels that not many of them moved, let alone let alone having a mask that really looked like the first one, but they didn't move the way Michael Myers moved in either in the first movie or even to a lesser extent but relatively close in Halloween 2. So I'm so it's 
I'm a big fan of of of, of Halloween. Uh, that and that and Friday the Thirteenth are probably the ones of of that genre, of that era that I like the most. Friday, uh, Nightmare being the least for me. So I'm I'm interested in this. And since since the second Rob Zombie movie, that Halloween two was almost universally despised, it would kind of be nice to uh, have something that might be halfway decent again. Uh, so we'll see. But that's supposed to be that's supposed as of now that's supposed to be ten nineteen eighteen. I've never seen any of them. I'm not. I, but that's 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 more of a choice. I'm not a big horror movie person. You've never seen um, Halloween. Nope. Wow. No, I'm not. I'm not a horror movie person. Uh, it, you know, obviously that started as a kid because I just didn't want to watch scary movies. Um, but now that I'm an adult, you know, it's just like, <clears throat> just it, they don't appeal to me. They don't do anything for me. Uh, I, I get the jump scares and some of that other stuff. I have seen and maybe liked a few of the Saw movies, maybe here or there. I have. Uh, I, I have some sort of fascination or uh, interest in like the paranormal activity uh, films. But I mean, other than that, it's very rare that I like a, a horror movie and the closest I probably ever got was, and this, I doubt, I don't think I'd even call this one a, a horror movie. Uh, shit. I don't think it was. Um, but for some reason, my mind is saying Gothica. Yeah, I would say Gothic. It was probably. I mean, there were there were supernatural aspects to it, but I don't. I don't yeah. think, but you're right. I don't think it would be a horror. It might be more like a psych, like a psychological thriller and with some some supernatural yeah. elements to it. I like. I yeah, that's the closest I got to liking a, a horror-ish movie. So, yeah, I mean, they just don't do anything for me. Uh, that's but that's why I haven't seen it. Maybe maybe there's some value to seeing some of like. The classic, iconic horror movies, but you know, maybe I should give those another shot. But outside of that, I just I don't really care for that genre as a whole. <clears throat> I, I can see that. I can Which see is that. not not to discount your opinion. I'm just saying that's I why I don't I'm have anything to say on the subject. Just, but you've never seen <laughs> The Godfather either, so that still surprises me. That's true. Um, all right, so number twos. Number two, and that's my turn, right? Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp on seven six eighteen. All right, some uh, some uh, insect theme for number two. Uh, I have Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which is another December release. Yeah, December seventeenth. Let me see. I got it. I got it here somewhere. I think it's the week before. It's either December fourteenth. Yeah. yeah, December fourteenth. All right, Ant Man and the Wasp. That was going to be on my list too, but probably number five if I were to if, if I were to add all of these on there. That's like the third movie that would have been number five on your list, I think, Chad. <laughs> or at well, least no, the no, second, no, at least no. The second. Black Panther would have been uh, towards the bottom of my list. It, if, if, if I were to rank them, <laughs> it'd probably have been Black Panther four, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp number five. Because if I were to rank like all of the Marvel movies, Ant Man is in the bottom half for sure. The first one. Actually, now that you say that, somewhere in the same notebook as I, I actually have my list because I, I for some reason I, w- I was thinking, I was after after Ragnarok after Ragnarok came out, I was kind of thinking about re-ranking these. 
Not that it matters for the moment, but eventually I'll find it because, like I said, I know it happens to be in this part, the same part of the notebook that I'm reading from now. Uh, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't really know that. I don't really know much about you know what's going to go on plot-wise in this movie. I just know I re- I know that I did like the first one. It's I think it's in my top half, and it's before I do find the list. If I remember correctly, I do think it's in the top half of my Marvel of my Marvel movies. Uh, obviously, I, I, you know, Paul Rudd's really good in that role. Uh, that was it. one thing. Mar- the one thing more. I mean, we've talked about this before. The one thing Marvel has done exceptionally well is their casting. That there aren't that many examples you can point to, uh, probably where they may be swung and miss, and probably arguably most of those may have been recasting. It may not have been that the original casting was bad. It's just the fact that they ended up. Original out. casting was bad. Or was yeah. bad. Uh, for Terrence Howard. Yes, yes. That's to me. No offense, Don Cheadle, but that's the one that always comes to mind. Yes, is that I don't that even though I'm not a huge Terrence Howard fan in general, but Terrence Howard was to me definitely much better and much more believable as Rhodey and his relationship with with Tony, as opposed to uh, Don Cheadle. So yeah, Don Cheadle as as Rhodey doesn't he doesn't do much for me. So, but I'm. But I did like I I kind of liked the way um, Ant Man kind of is it, uh, it's clearly part of the of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but yet it seems that the, the, some of the things that they deal with are kind of like on the outskirts and like and deal and obviously depending on how Infinity War goes, some of these concepts could become bigger factors in how things play out. But I do think the scope, not just you know figuratively and literally, seem to be a little different with the with those movies, so I do I kind of appreciate that, and I also think that I definitely like the relationship between uh, Paul Rudd and what Evangeline Lilly. Hey, I mm-hmm. found my list. Uh, yeah, I have I have Ant Man one, two, three, four, five, six. Actually, I have Ant Man currently at number seven in the list of the cinematic universe. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think. Considering that was that was one of the Marvel pro- probably at the time the only Marvel project that was under a lot of, under serious scrutiny and there were serious red flags about whether it was going to work not in this not in a different way than Guardians was because they were picking some West West bumfuck characters and that most people didn't know or care about and hoping that you know it was going to work and this is this was more uh, a character that yeah he's still a B. B minus C plus character, but but people mostly have heard of him, especially Marvel fans. But the fact that that project was that project was you know there was such a dark cloud seriously hovering over that pro- project from from finally getting greenlit and then everything else it just seemed like. So I think that maybe yeah I really I really liked the first one I thought it, I liked I liked that it was a, again much like much like. Uh, Marvel's made a concerted effort to do this with a lot of their movies to, to have different themes and different to have different types of movies to take place in their universe. That the whole crime, you know, the whole you know, crime caper thing. I kind of I like I like that. So I'm de- I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to Ant Man and the Wasp for those reasons among among many. I'm looking forward to it only because despite the fact that. Ant Man is in my bottom half if I were to rank the the Marvel Universe cinematic universe thus far. That's because in the first Ant Man movie he was supposed to stand on his own. 
I mean, that was his solo movie. Now all of these follow-up movies, these sequels, have various pairings between the rest, the characters in the rest of the Marvel Universe. They still have their own standalone movies, but, you know, like Winter Soldier, it was Cap and Black Widow. Uh, and then we introduced Falcon. Um, and then you had, you know, the Thor movies, you had various other people. Yeah. You know, the, the, all, these, all these films, now, now that the Avengers have taken place, have these bigger roles for other characters we've seen before, as opposed to just standing on their own. So it's very interesting. Not only are they bringing doing the whole wasp concept, but I'd be interested to see what other characters they make a big deal in this film. Um, you know, I don't know who they would partner him up with. The obvious answer would be Falcon, just because of the kind of the big bit that was in the the first film, um, and so on and so forth. But I just just because of the amount of MCU that leaks into all the sequels after their standalone first movie has been established. I'm just curious to see where they take that and how that goes and how it evolves into the larger weave of things, especially considering that it'd be taking place um, uh, post uh, infinity war. Correct. So, so you know, what's the status quo like who's still around uh, does he have some, you know, long-lasting friendships? Is he uh, staying in contact with anybody, or is he more of a loner? I mean, that would make sense, right? Um, you know, so I'd just be interested to see. I'm more interested in the dynamic. <clears throat> but the other thing is, we don't. It's it's the timeline too, because we don't remember just because it take just because it comes out after Infinity War does not necessarily mean it ta- really takes place after Infinity War. Hmm. That's the thing. I mean. As as we found out, one one of the things I I paid attention to, paid attention to even more watching Guardians of the Galaxy two like seventy five times in the last month is the fact that they tell you know that flashback to uh, Ego and and Peter's mom was in 1980 and then they flash forward to thirty like thirty four years later and that was the beginning of the story we were getting in in Guardians two which clearly takes place after Guardians which clearly tells us that the main everything we're seeing in the movie. Takes, took place in 2014, at least in 2014, and not in 2017 when this when we were, when we, we were watching the movie. So hmm. that, that stuff was still taking place. Technically, was taking place, not you know, right now. It still was taking p- place in the past. So, which which explains why you're able to get to from a plot perspective without it being a problem. Why you're able to age Groot back up to a teenager, not just in the the closing credits, but have him be you know, closer to his appropriate size and age, if you will, by the time you get to Infinity War, because now basically you 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 essentially are going to have at least at least three years, if not more, or at least a few years. Let's not say three, because again, this Infinity War may not necessarily take place right this minute either. It may not be like occurring in you know in the Marvel you know cinematic universe in the year 2018, but it certainly takes place afterwards. So there's a, there's a, they've allowed time for the, you know for things to to move forward. So. And what did what if what if how how long and I'm trying to remember what Thor said to Banner was it was it like two years after, uh, after Age of Ultron? Yeah, it was two years, right? So, so yeah, because Hulk said he'd been Hulk for two years. Yeah, ba- yeah, Banner said that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so so that was yeah, that was so that that was 2015, right? The Avengers two, uh, Ultron was 2015. So that would that would that would bring you up to 2017, which would mean in in, in your timeline of things that happened. 
which makes sense based on how we where Thor is going to show up next, you know, with the Guardians, that Ragnarok took place after, you know, took place a, a sizable time after the events of uh, of Guardians too. So yeah, I'm I'm in trouble. As of now, I don't think we've we, there is any. I don't think there were any other characters confirmed for Ant Man and the Wasp. As far as I'd be interested to see Doctor Strange. I was going to say Doctor Strange is the most logical one based on that makes the most sense really. And from everything they've said in the past, Doctor Strange is supposed to be like kind of they wanted Doctor Strange to be the linchpin, the kind of like the pseudo Nick Fury and Tony Stark character in Phase Three. Uh, of course, that now could change thanks to the acquisition of Fox. That they may not be as prevalent a, or as it may not be as important. They may still keep going with it, but it may not be as important to them to keep that going for an even longer period of time. Because now maybe they have other bridges. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in that too to see to see what they do, and I'm, I am curious if we're going to be able to find out in Infinity War. Uh, because I think I think Evangeline Lilly's in Infinity War too, so I'm going to be curious to see if we're going to know. When we see Ant-Man and the Wasp, if we're going to know immediately, or they're going to say something in the movie almost right off the bat, or they're going to just blatantly tell you, like 20, you know, what year it takes place in or something, that uh, to, so we know where it fits in in, in in relation to Infinity War. But yeah, so yeah, and I'm re- I mean I'm not super passionate about Ant-Man and the Wasp, but it's 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 about as close as I can get without it being number one. <laughs> For sure. All right, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is my number two. Yeah, uh, that one, um, super looking forward to. I uh, was a big fan of the Spider-Verse trade paperback slash story. It's coming, by the way, it's coming out December 14th. Uh, And and according to, it's, it's an animated film. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse, where more than one can wear the mask. Uh, a, a teaser trailer came out not too long ago with uh, some animation. I, it looked pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. The original Spider-Verse story was Morlan. Um, Morlan and his family... Uh, called the Inheritors, are going throughout the Spider-Verse and killing totems, the spider totems in each universe. And they feed off of their energy. Uh, And they have uh, enslaved the Master Weaver, which is the the, kind of the web uh, that uh, each, you know, hole in the web is a portal into another bit of the multiverse um so they they hop from multiverse to multi from universe to universe killing the spider totems and absorbing the energy uh and this the spider verse story is all of the the surviving spiders teaming up to fight this is where you get introduced to some characters that have become super popular since then such as spider gwen um and uh, and so on and so forth you also have Spider Ham, um, and any Spider Man that's ever made an appearance in either multimedia or comics. I mean, the <laughs> there's a a series called The Edge of Spider Verse, uh, which is sort of the lead into it. It kind of explores some of these uh, other characters and their backstories. But there's a, a short story in one of them where 
one of the inheritors visits the newspaper strip Spider-Man. And it's funny because whenever you read a newspaper strip and it's, you know, it's a daily, you have three or four panels uh, of the comic and it takes all week for a plot to finish because the very next day's uh, plot or the very next day, uh, uh, day's strip sort of recaps what happens yesterday. (laughs) So, this this one has like the inheritor who visits that universe getting all frustrated. <laughs> you just said that, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So there's there's funny moments, but there's it's a very serious story. I get the feeling that Into the Spider Verse is not going to be a straight up adaptation of the Spider Verse comic. I get the feeling it's going to be more like, <coughs> excuse me, more like just a fun animated rap through the multiverse. Um, there probably will be some threat that teams them all up um, or, or something to that effect, but I just feel like it's going to be not as deadly serious as the actual Spider-Verse story itself was. Yeah, that didn't... Let's see. I don't think I, I, don't think I put that on, on any of my lists. Yeah, it's an animated film. I mean, it's going to get trailer. a lot of the, the trailer t- was on again. That was yet another thing that was on Last Jedi. Uh, so I saw that was, um, which again, if you're not, again, if you, this is, but this is who it appeals to. But if you don't know about the multiverse, or if you don't, or the Spider Verse, or Miles Morales in particular, if you don't know about anybody other than Peter Parker, then that's then that's just going to leave you befuddled. Um, yeah. So. No, but yeah, the, I think it'll get a lot of traction, not because it's Spider-Verse, but because it's Miles Morales. The, any any huge traction it gets is going to be because of that, because a lot of people have been asking for Miles. So it'll probably get, the, the, the majority of the attention it does get will probably be because of the the star character being Miles. I would agree. But I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm agree just interested to see it. I, I they've only shown us two, and it looks like just Miles and Peter talking in a subway. But given the enormous popularity of the character, I would not be shocked in the slightest. In fact, I'd be shocked if she didn't show up. Spider Gwen, of course. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, but yeah, that's uh. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Again, there's only there's only it's it's an animated flick. There's only been a few, uh, like a minute or two of animation that's come out about it so far. It doesn't release until the end of this year. So, just looking forward to it. <clears throat> Time for number ones. Let's do number ones. My number one is a surprise to nobody. Venom. Dun, dun, dun. What's your number one? Infinity War. The only, movie, the only movie I'm truly looking forward to this entire year. <laughs> Which <laughs> of means course, that would have been on my list. Ruin my year. Uh, Venom comes out October 5th, 2018. It has uh, a bunch of uh, characters uh, in it, but the only people who have been announced are Tom Hardy, cast as Eddie Brock slash Venom. 
Um, Riz Ahmed as Carlton Drake. Michelle Williams as Anne Wang. And Jenny Slate is going to be in it as well. Um, It's supposed to be, the rumor is that it's supposed to be largely-ish adapted from the Venom Lethal Protector storyline. But that is nothing more than a rumor. So we don't know much about it. Again, no footage has come out. There have been some character uh, models and sculpts that have released uh, that show that Venom is going to look super Venom-y. <laughs> uh, so he's he's not going to look like <sighs> Spider-Man 3, the atrocity under the sun. Um, but uh, rumor is Carnage is supposed to be in it as well. We'll see. Um, but I'm just excited. Uh, there's a lot of rumors. Nothing confirmed, but a lot of rumors. Carnage is supposed to be in it. It's based on Lethal Protector. It's got this and that. It's uh, a part of the Sony Spider-Man universe, but not a part of the MCU. So what the hell is... How are they going to do that? Like, I don't know. There, there's not... There's nothing concrete to stand out there uh, other than Hardy as the main character, which is a good choice, (laughs) of course, but it's just, I'm primarily excited about it because I'm a Venom fan and I don't care what anybody says. I get some crap about it because it's a lot of people feel like Venom is quintessential nineties. The symbiotes in general are quintessential nineties. Um, I don't care. I think they're awesome. Uh, I, I just find it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of my favorite characters are regular people who are just given things that give them power. Green Lantern, given a ring. Thor, I mean, Thor in himself is a god. He has his own powers, but he is given a hammer. You know, uh, if you read the old school stories, Donald Blake finds a walking stick, hits it on the ground, and transforms into Thor. Uh, you know, Venom has a an alien symbiote. Like, a lot of my favorite characters have these... They're regular people who just have things that give them a power, as opposed to them themselves being the power. Uh, so I just find that interesting. But it, it, again, I just... <clears throat> I like it. I like Venom. I like the, I like the symbiotes. I, and not only do I enjoy the stories and the comics, you know, I have... I can't play modern games, but I do have, like the Super Nintendo Separation Anxiety and Maximum Carnage games. Uh, You know, so I I enjoy that world. Uh, They just, Marvel just did a a comic based on the popularity of Spider-Verse called Venomverse, where all the Venoms from the multiverse teamed up. Uh, And that was cool. Um, I don't know, I just, uh, the Venom by Rick Remender was interesting because that was where Flash Thompson who was a soldier who lost his legs, uh, and yes, that Flash Thompson, who used to bully Peter Parker, um, got the Venom symbiote and turned it into like a soldier. Then there was a a point where he was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit, and then he became Venom Space Knight. Like, it was, like, there's, there's just a bunch of crazy shit that happens with Venom that I just really enjoy that a lot of people find completely out there. And... The craziness doesn't sound like it's going to be a part of this movie. This movie sounds like it's going to be a darker, you know, more murdery, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, evil slash whatever sort of venom. 
I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work. Are they going to make Venom the hero of his own story? Are they going to make uh, him him a hero? Are they going to make him whatever? Or are they going to stick with the OG Venom as he was initially, and then sort of evolve him? Let, let's say Carnage is involved. You know, Venom is A, B, C, or D, and then Carnage comes on the scene and he has to become something else to stop his you know bloodthirsty child or whatever. Um, so I just, I just find that uh, the whole universe interesting. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, this is one of those movies that's been on the slate and off the slate and on the slate and off the slate and on the slate and off the slate for years now. And now they're finally doing it. It's in production and there's been casting and so on and so forth. This is, this is, it's happening. Uh, I'm still like trying to hold my breath until I see an actual trailer um, cause I feel like it could be canceled any moment. Um, despite how far along it seems to be in, but I, I just, I, it's, it's my number one because it just seems like it's, it's already on the way. It's going to happen. They have a release date and they have, they're filming and all of this stuff is happening. So I can't help but be as excited about it as I am. Um, so yeah, Venom. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you're getting one of your one of your heroes there gets his own movie. Because Lord knows you'll probably never see Gambit, at least not the way. <laughs> which might be a good thing. I mean, you'll still, I'm sure you'll see Gambit. You'll just you may never see the whole Channing Tatum pothole filled road ever lead anywhere. <laughs> probably not. I would suspect not. I would seriously suspect not, unless a. I mean, they or they go back to the you know they, maybe they'll keep try to keep some cast members or go back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm when I see some more, I think I could become interested in Venom if I, depending how it looks. I think it's I'm open to it. Venom was in my middle of the road list. It hmm. not it certainly was nowhere near the monkey crap list. Uh, so. I mean, I remember. I mean, I was kind of in, still reading Spider-Man, more or less around the time that they first introduced Venom. So it was at the tail end of when I was reading Spider-Man regularly before he took a break. But yeah, so I'm I'm somewhat interested. I can't, and we know we know it'd be hard for it to be worse than Spider-Man Three, <laughs> uh, just because of Topher Grace alone uh, getting him. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'm in, interested in Venom. As far as Infinity War goes, well, that kind of stands for itself at this point. I mean, everything we've, almost everything we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been building towards this. Uh, not just everybody coming together, if it's not in Avengers 4, and then, Avenger, and then in Avengers 5, if not 4, and the whole Thanos, you know, plot, subplot, which was introduced back in, Ultra, in uh, the original Avengers, and has been very slowly, and that's an understatement, kind of developing since. <laughs> so it will be curious, and just like it also will be curious to see if the fallout for the two, the Avengers 4 and 5 will be kind of like resetting the cinematic universe in a way where we can have a logical insertion of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and things like that in a... In a in a much more believable fashion than oh they've existed they just have we just haven't touched upon them or interacted with them or referenced them in like the last like ten years or so. 
So, um, yeah. So I, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to see exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm I want to see like where they pick up where you know where Cap is not just li- literally, but you know how how all these people come back into the fray, the ones that have been uh, alienated and are have been at odds, how they eventually come back together and how how that relationship is when all the dust settles. I mean, are Tony and Cap going to be good again by the time everything ends, assuming both make it out alive? Or is it, is it going to just be where they just have to coexist because of what's going on and they never get beyond that, uh, at least, you know, when these movies end? Uh, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, I, I, there's just lots of lots of different things. I'm curious to see how you know, seeing the, the the new Hulk, the Ragnarok Hulk, interacting with other characters. I think that's kind of fascinating to see, especially Black Widow. That would be, though it's weird. It, it's really weird seeing Scarlett Johansson with blonde hair playing playing that character, which is odd to say since almost every time you see Scarlett Johansson, she's a blonde. Not always that plat, not as platinum always as she as she was in the trailer. But it's just funny, Scarlett Johansson. You think of blonde, and yet because she because she's been redhead playing Black Widow, that's weird. Really weird seeing her as a blonde. <laughs> um, yeah, and just seeing different characters that we haven't seen interact yet on the screen. The whole Doctor Strange, Tony Stark dynamic, Doctor Strange, Bruce Banner dynamic. Because obviously the Guardians, seeing the Guardians interact with anybody, little besides Thor, who we absolutely know. And from other footage, we know that he, I think they interact with Doctor Strange and and uh, Tony and things like that. And I'm interested to see where the movie is going to leave off. If it's not going to be a pure, if it is it going to be a pure cliffhanger? Is it going to be an ending where it, it's it's just going to be put put you in an odd place, even if it's not a cliffhanger, and then you get more of an explanation for for how where why you got that ending in five and what it means and. What's Loki's role in all this? Is Loki, you know, is Loki just more or less have no choice but to give Thanos the Tesseract in the beginning of the movie, which seems, which seemingly makes sense. We know he's got that. That's one of the stones on his on his gauntlet early on in the movie when he's when he's fighting everybody. I mean, that's one of the two stones that's actually in the gauntlet. And then, but then, what happens to Loki? Does Loki end up helping them? Um, I don't know. So I just there's just so much at this. That this is it's it's kind of finally hard to believe that you know this road that we've started down and is and again this was they were saying this before they knew the Fantastic Four and the X Men were essentially coming into the cinematic universe that they they were saying that this more or less you know Infinity War and Avengers four and five pretty much closes the book on the, uh, not necessarily all the characters but closes and absolutely closes the book on a that chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So where are we going to, what's going to be left and where are we going to go from there after Infinity War? And where, and where do you go from there as far as what, if you're going to, if you're going to, and of course the rumors are they're not going to do this build again towards something as big as, as the Infinity War, like as in, fa- you know, building up through different phases for it. But, what's, what will be the direction they go in? And if they did decide to go in, an, an, or eventually go back in a direction of building up a threat a Thanos-level threat, you know, where do they go? Um, is this where Doctor Doom and Magneto come into play in the cinematic, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? 
or even friggin' but actually they're still limited to what they can do with Spider-Man obviously unless they re-up with the uh with Sony. But yeah, so I'm I'm pretty pumped for Infinity War. That's it, in a way it seems like it hasn't been that it really hasn't been that long since what it's been about 5 years since the Avengers. It's been longer if you go back and look at the road to the Avengers. Going yeah. back to 2008 when you got when Iron Man and the Incre- and the Incredible Hulk came out. So it's still going to it's still going to be 10 years. I mean, it's going to be 10 years, a 10-year journey uh, since they started the cinematic universe and then five years since the first Avengers movie, since the Thanos thing was unveiled, basically. But I'm pumped. It's, it's certainly the the only thing that I'm really super looking forward to this year. So I, I just hope it's not just – I just hope it's not disappointing. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what else I can say about it. I – that. When we talked about like the trailer, when it, the trailer was released, I feel like we talked about it quite a bit then. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, it's gonna be. I, I just really hope it's a dark movie. Uh, you know, I just hope this the stakes are pushed to 15 and nobody's safe. So I, th- that way, I walk out of it going, or walk into it going, I really don't know what the hell's gonna happen, but. I guess we'll see. <laughs> and very soon, it's not that it's not that far away now. At all. All right. Do you want to do monkey crap list? You want to do yeah, alternates? Let's, let's, what let's, do you want to let's, do? Let's do the monkey. Let's do our what we have on the crap list, and then obviously anything we haven't touched on in the, in the in those two extremes, we can just at least throw out randomly in the uh, middle of the road list to wrap up. Uh, I've got three things on my monkey crap list. Um, I've got Bumblebee. So do I. December 21st, I've got uh, The New Mutants. So do I. April 13th. And I've got Isle of Dogs on March 23rd. That I do not have. Yeah. I just... The way I approach my monkey crap list is kind of like... The movies... I might end up seeing in theaters or might end up just seeing some in some way, shape or form. I have no interest in them, but I probably will end up seeing them somehow. <laughs> and those, those are the three that, that I put on there. Uh, for me, the ones besides the two we have in common, which actually would just gets me down to three. Um, so that kind of works out. Uh, hmm. Dark Phoenix on 11, two. I have, I think because Apocalypse was so bad, really, and because they again, they, they're, no matter how, even if they do a, well, it's, again, it's hard to imagine them doing a worse version, but it's possible. Because technically speaking, we've seen less of Jean Grey than we had by the time they did uh, Last Stand. But once again, there's jump. They're putting the cart before the horse, and then we barely have gotten that aspect of Jean, and now, now they're already taking it bad in, the, in that whole in that whole storyline. So, and I, lo- you know. And I love Sansa there, but I don't know. I just, I'm not quite, I, and I'm also not particularly thrilled. I wouldn't care if Magneto's in it because it's, it's Fastbender. But this, but this bullshit deal that seemingly they, they all made that all three of them, him, him, Law, and uh, McAvoy have to, they're going to all be in a, the, uh, one of these X-Men movies or, or, or like none of them are going to be in it. It's like, that's just kind of ridiculous. I mean, because you don't, I've had enough for Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. Mystique as a character isn't that interesting. Mystique as her role on the team in any of these movies hasn't been particularly interesting. It's forced. We don't need Mystique. You know, 
We don't meet, we don't need Mystique to be the new Wolverine, except at least Wolverine was interesting <laughs> and likable and a fan favorite, and Mystique's not. So that's the Dark Phoenix is on that list. Um, actually, technically, yeah, technically speaking, I have three left because we did because uh, uh, we we did Ready. Let's see, I got six. Yeah, because Ready Ready Player One, unfortunately, was also on my list. So I have I got the the three two remake of Death Wish because the whole point of in a way that maybe it's going to be written differently. The whole point of Death Wish, the the original, the Charles Bronson one, was even though we know Charles you know Charles Bronson clearly had a reputation as a you know as a relative tough guy at that even before Death Wish though Death Wish I think is kind of what locked everything in 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 public consciousness I mean but. The idea was he was kind of playing an everyman character and then forced to become, you know, this this vigilante and by and kind of embraced it, but not because he really wanted to or was enjoying it and things like that. And even from the trailer, <clears throat> and it's Eli Roth, so what do you expect? Uh, but the, the having Bruce Willis play that that version of the character, first of all, Bruce Willis has, been, has such a long-standing reputation as a quote-unquote movie tough guy. That's going to be hard to see him as a modern, you know, an everyman. And just the trailer makes it seem like he's having way too much fun in doing what he's doing way too soon. And yeah, I mean, so I just, that's not, you know, that's not the take. I mean, that's not, it's a different take. Maybe, like I said, maybe it'll be written where it may, it may make, it may work. But to me, that's not, um, that's not a movie that I really have any great desire to see. And the other, the other, the other one on my crap list is one that's going to be coming out next week. Uh, the Commuter, that Liam Neeson movie. Hey, I like Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson has done a lot of these, uh, a, a lot of these taken in different places kind of movies. <laughs> like I like Nonstop. I thought Nonstop was really good. Uh, taken on the plane. <laughs> but The Commuter just looks really, really stupid. It just really looks stupid, and I just, I. Both trailers made it make it look made it look stupid to me. I, I, it has no, and I know he's been. I know he's pretty much either that may have been the last tough guy role because he said he was going to be retiring from doing that kind of thing. So I think that might have been the last one that that he's done. Um, you know, I don't know. If, I don't think there's anything else that he's filmed that fits. Actually, no. There's one more. That's that stupid, which is not going to do well either. That that uh, I think it's like. Rough powder or tough? Uh, it's not, the, he, he's like a snowplow driver, that, that, and, and he ends up. <laughs> it's like taken in a snowplow or something. <laughs> that hard powder. I think it's hard powder. That one has to come out. That might be actually the last tough guy role, supposedly. And, I, and I'm sure it really isn't forever. But yeah, so that so that means that that movie. I have no desire to see. Uh, of all these, probably every one of my. Every one on my crap, my monkey crap list, I probably will watch at some point. Probably when it's free, when it's on cable, when it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. But I'm definitely not seeing any of those in the movies. Um, so if some, I'll, I'll throw out my middle of the road movies, and then we can just see yours and if whatever comments we want to make. Uh, my middle of the road movies include Tomb Raider on 316. Pacific Rim on 323, which was real close to making the monkey crap list. The trailer, the, the trailer intrigued me enough about partial, intrigued me partially where I didn't completely flush it. So it's kind of like circling, but didn't go down yet. 
Rampage was that four, is that 420? I can't read my no. writing. Uh, Rampage, uh, Hans the Solo, the Han Solo Solo movie on 525. Deadpool 61, Deadpool 2, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. That's on my alternates. Yeah, that's 622. The, the Predator 83, and Aquaman on 12:21. Those are all middle of the road movies that I. I could be persuaded to see in the theater. Probably much, much greater, certainly much greater odds of me seeing any of those in the theater than the monkey crap list. And some of which I'm almost would say I will. I probably will definitely see the Han Solo movie. Um, I, it's probably very likely I'll see Jurassic World at some part, at some point when it's playing during the theatrical run. But, and Rampage, the trailer, the trailer makes Rampage look interesting. More than the property should have the trailer, I think. So. Uh, my alternates include uh, uh, November twenty-first, Ralph breaks the internet, Wreck-It Ralph yep. number two. Uh, I've also got Incredibles number two, oh, June fifteenth. Yes, yes. That's, that's in my middle of the road list too, because technically speaking, that was that was number six in my top five. So I have the arrow pointing it over. I just failed to mention it. Yes, Incredibles two on six fifteen. Um. We talked about this a little bit, didn't really talk about it. I sent you a link today. The Cloverfield movie was supposed to come out February 2nd. It's been bumped to sometime in April, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so the next Cloverfield installment, uh, after a scientific experiment aboard a space station involving a particle accelerator has unexpected results, the astronauts find themselves isolated. The premise following. I'm sorry. Following, so yeah, so, sorry. Following their horrible discovery, the space station crew must fight for survival. Yeah, the, the the plot, the premise makes me a little more intrigued in 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 that. And obviously, we know all all the quote unquote Cloverfield movies just have some common threads and commonalities that take place essentially, or can take place in the same universe. But there, but but the, but neither this movie nor Cloverfield Lane have been direct sequels to the original. Um, I also have one that I haven't seen any footage or anything for. But Bohemian Rhapsody, oh, and yes. December 25th, penned by Academy Award nominee Anthony McCartan, The Theory of Everything, Bohemian Rhapsody will chronicle the period between the band's formation, that's Queen, the band, formation in the uh, 1970s and Freddie Mercury's death in 1991, with Queen band members Brian May and Roger Taylor serving as producers on the film. Uh, it's also a chronicle of the years leading up to Queen's legendary appearance as a live aid concert in 1985. Um, I, would, I really enjoy classic rock. Queen is legendary. Freddie Mercury is legendary. I'm just interested in, in seeing that. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention in regards to Ralph Breaks the Internet, um, I was, I was reading, reading up on like the cast and, and you know, who is some of the voices. And you know what's interesting? Basically, all of the Disney princesses are in here. Anna, Elsa, Moana, Rapunzel, Tiana, Pocahontas, Belle, Cinderella, Ariel, Jasmine, and Snow White. And also listed as cast members are Pluto and C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how they'll be involved, if it's only half a second or what. But I found it very interesting that they go into the internet somehow in this movie and... Primarily, all the people I'm seeing listed here are just an ass ton of Disney princesses. 
So I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. Um, you already said Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I have two others to talk about here on the alternate list. Batman Ninja, which is like a Batman anim. It's an animated film, but it's an like anime, like a Japanese animation style film. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a theatrical release or direct to DVD or what, but there's no official release date. They have released a trailer, but it does come out sometime this year. Um, It's up to Batman to gear up to take down the villainous Joker. The maniacal Harley Quinn emerges 10 years after the Joker's capture at the end of the Dark Knight in search of him leaving now worn, torn, caped crusader to combat the wave of death and anarchy she unleashes. It's trippy, the footage that's that's out there, um, but that seems interesting. And then the one I was speaking about earlier, uh, it's called The Black Hand, which is interesting because of the lantern test. Uh, No official release date, 2018, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, And it says it's adapted from the novel of the same name, and the novel synopsis is beginning in the summer of 1903, an insidious crime wave fills New York City and then the entire country, with fear. The children of Italian immigrants were kidnapped, and dozens of innocent victims were gunned down. Bombs tore apart tenement buildings, judges, senators, Rockefellers, and society matrons were threatened with gruesome deaths. The perpetrators seemed both omnipresent and invisible. Their only calling card, the symbol of a black hand. The crimes whipped up uh, the slavering tabloid press, and uh, heated uh, ethnic tensions to the boiling point, and standing between the American public and the Black Hand's lawlessness was Joseph Petrosino, dubbed the Italian Sherlock Holmes. He was a famously dogged and ingenious detective and a master of disguise. As the crimes grew ever uh, more bizarre and the Black Hand's activity spread far beyond New York's borders, Petrosino and the all-Italian police squad he assembled raced to captured members of the secret criminal society before the country's anti-immigrant terror uh, tremors exploded into catastrophe. Petrosino's quest to root out the source of the Black Hand's power would take him all the way to Sicily, but at a terrible cost. That interested me. So, the Black Hand, the novel, is now on my Amazon wish list. Um, it's interesting that it doesn't have an official release date. It's supposed to come out in 2018. It's based on this, this this popular book, but already has a huge main actor attached to it in the form of Leonardo DiCaprio. That's always a plus. For sure. Uh, and I have one other list to mention, and it's something I add uh, every year. The DC animated films out in 2018. Uh, the first one up comes out on January 23rd, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, they're starting to do some of the Elseworlds as their own animated direct-to-DVD films. And the first one, Gotham by Gaslight, comes out this month. Uh, in an age of mystery and superstition, how would the people of Gotham react to a weird creature of the night? A bat-garbed vigilante feared by the guilty and innocent alike. The very first Elseworlds tale reimagines the Dark Knight detective in the Victorian era and puts him against the infamous serial killer, Jack the Ripper. I just think there's already a a bunch of uh, images and 
trailers and animation footage and stuff out there for this. Uh, obviously, given how close we are to the release date, it looks awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Um, the others don't have official release dates, but uh, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, Spring of 2018. The film will be the first Suicide Squad story in the DC animated movie universe continuity. Although Batman Assault on Arkham previously featured the Suicide Squad, that film is set in the Batman Arkham video game universe. So this will be a new animated uh, Suicide Squad movie. Interesting to see how they try and differentiate the two. I, I haven't seen any footage for it, but I imagine just like all the other directed DVD features, like when Gotham by Gaslight comes out, I'm assuming there'll be an, anim- an extra feature on that disc that tells you about the next upcoming project. <clears throat> so I'm assuming we'll see some Suicide Squad hell to pay footage or something, or some sort of a teaser in that. And then in late 2018, so I was telling Mark about this. Uh, if anybody remembers when they did the Dark Knight Returns in a part one and part two, they're doing the same thing uh, again. Uh, in this case, in late 2018, the first part comes out and then the beginning of 2019, the second part comes out, the death and return of Superman and the reign of the Superman. So the death of Superman will be late 2018 and the reign of the Superman will be in 2019. Which is very interesting because the entire animated uh, direct-to-DVD DC universe, uh, not, not necessarily universe, but their, their entire initiative to do this started with Superman Doomsday, which was a very condensed version of the death and reign of Superman and Return of Superman story. So it's interesting to see that they're giving it its actual comic treatment in an animated form. Well overdue. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, it seems like these seems like uh, Warner Brothers likes shortchanging that whole Death of Superman storyline since they did it so nicely in BVS <laughs> <laughs> and Justice League, the combination. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, oh, this is, this is, I just happened to stumble, when I was looking at release dates, I just happened to stumble upon this. Now, this probably isn't going to be true, because I kind of suspect Jumanji probably will end up being number one this weekend at the box office, since it's only opening up against The Conjuring. So, it may, I guess The Conjuring could beat it, but I would probably, I might, I probably would bet against it. But if, let's say, for the sake of argument, if Jumanji doesn't become number one this week, I just happened to notice on this, it's amazing, Box Office Mojo has some of these obscure lists. They have, and, and they have this list of top-grossing movies that never hit number one. <laughs> and as we speak, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is number eight from, from 1982 till now. as the eighth highest-grossing movie to never make number one. And considering how close it is to, everybody, to so many other ones on this list, it's probably gonna, it would probably at least end up being number three. <laughs> If it, it's assuming it doesn't have a weekend in which it captures number one, like I said, uh, it's a, it's made a, it's 195 million, almost 195.5, and going and number four on this list is Alvin and the Chipmunks at 217. So the odds are, uh, Jumanji will make certainly make that domestically before he craps out. So I just it's just a, it's just such a weird such a weird list. I mean, 
At least this list is cool. They have like a never in the top five, which is a lot, a lot less cool because obviously if you don't make the top five, you're not going to make that much money. If you, if you were never in the top five ever, I mean, the reality is you're not going to make that. But there's some interesting movies on this list. I mean, like uh, World War Z, Interstellar, had uh, A Beautiful Mind, Casino Royale, things like the Polar Express. Lots of in- Lilo and Stitch, my beloved Lilo and Stitch. Because number 37 on this list. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's just an obscure fact. But like, like I said, it'll, it'll, it, it, it won't matter anymore. It, it won't matter at all if Jumanji ends up being number one this coming weekend. Because it, then it's still, it will have eventually made number one, even though it didn't open number one. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know. I don't, I, I, it's, this was a weird list to put together. I mean, it, was a real, it came together quick for me. But, again, there's nothing that I'm really passionate about. I mean, New Mutants, I haven't seen anything to intrigue me, and the cast doesn't do much for me. Dark Phoenix, it... Dark Phoenix would have to erase the stench of Apocalypse. That was such a wasted opportunity. After Days of Future Past, that, they were coming off of such a high, and they just la- and they just laid such an egg with... And, plus, it's hard to get too invested in Dark Phoenix or even New Mutants, because it doesn't mean... It, because we don't know if any of the, this continuity is going to survive anyway now. Hmm. You know, all that. I mean, they would kind of be dumped. They would be dumb not to try to keep Fastbender and McAvoy, probably. Uh, or, or, unless they're going to go with the older one and and bring and have Patrick Stewart. But I, I think, but either way, it would kind of be. But none, none of all these Fox movies, uh, with the exception right now, you'd probably say of Deadpool, that. It's hard to get invested in any of these because you don't because the odds are their continuity is going to be, if not completely wiped away, it's going to be modified when when these things get absorbed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm hoping I'm hoping the Han Solo movie will be okay. Um, it's I like Ron Howard. I, I don't think Ron Howard makes many bad movies. He may not have made a great movie in a while, but I think Ron Howard's made a lot of good movies and. Plus Amelia Clark's in it, and that's a, and that's a plus. And Woody Harrelson's entertaining too. And Woody Harrelson's in it, so. But there's not that. I mean, it really is. It really is a so-so list. I mean, it's kind of surprise. It's really weird that Tomb Raider is coming out so soon, and yet they haven't been pushing it. I mean, you're almost two two months away now from the release, and they really haven't been pushing it at all. And you would think you'd want to raise consciousness. Consciousness awareness of this movie because there's not a lot. I mean, you see more about Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim only comes out only comes out a week later. So but it'll be an interesting year, I think. At at, at the very least, I think we can say it will it will be an interesting year because it's there's a lot of maybe volatility because you just don't know what's go- how things are going to play out or what the or how good they're going to be. So for sure. All right, you want to tell people how they can reach us if they want to share their top five lists? Yes, we'll actually have a we'll have a proper ending this week. <laughs> <laughs> but it still seemed to fit last week, so I was I was I was listening to last week's today, so it was it, it kind of worked. But now, but we're beginning a new year properly. <laughs> uh, LanternCast.com, that's the website. Come visit us, check out our latest stuff there. Uh, Lanterncast at gmail.com. That's the best way to contact us. So if you yes, you want to give us your what you're looking forward to, what you're not, anything in between, uh, feel free to 
let us know, and we'll certainly deal with that and listener feedback because listeners' feedback has been slowing to a crawl lately. So we need to get we need to pick it up. So this is a nice easy way to get some to get to get your name mentioned on the show and, and get some and, and get get some <laughs> and get your mail or your voicemail play you know on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to locate us on both iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, whichever platform you listen to, uh, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, the the aforementioned but not given voicemail, 708Lantern. Uh, so that's our 708Lantern. Let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.